Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Hello, welcome to another fun episode of Talent Takeover Unfiltered. Of course, we have Taylor Bradley here, but we also have a very special guest, Julia Pirelli, and she is going to go over how to find and create opportunities for professional growth, which is massive. So hello, ladies. Hello. How are you, Julia? Good. Good to be here. I'm a morning person, so this is a wee time for me. My fellow morning person. Nice. (laughs) That's us. We're like, we wake up and we're like, can text each other at 5 and 6 a.m. Yeah. Nobody gets it, but yeah, we're morning people too. 3, yeah. 3 or 4 p.m. though, I'm ready for a nap. Oh, for sure. Amen. Like, mid-afternoon is now my time. I, I had a coaching session yesterday at 3, and I'm like, here we go. <laughs> Not my time to shine. Slapping yourself around like, yeah. wake up. Yeah, no. My wagon's typically dragging by like 3. I'm I'm over it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited about your topic today. So let's like get right into it. So how to find and create opportunities for professional growth. What made you choose this topic? Um, I feel like it's uh, just the, the theme of my career on the whole. Like my entire career has been uh, jumping into stuff that maybe uh, would not have come my way if I hadn't grabbed onto it. Uh, and I love encouraging other people to do that too because I am in my heart impatient. But <laughs> so I'd rather make an opportunity than, than wait for one to come around. I took one of those like personality tests for a job interview an age ago, an era ago. And it, it was like a predictive index. And it was like, you know, you're impatient, but you try not to be for work. And I was like, that's me <laughs> in, in, in my heart. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I like to make the opportunities where I can. I, uh, you know, so, so you got you all, you can watch this on a uh, billionaire recruiter YouTube channel, but I was like, you know, this, you know, this pumping over here because my mom, my entire life was like, you're so goddamn impatient. Like you're going to, you're going to need patience when you grow up and blah. And so, uh, I actually did a YouTube <laughs> channel that basically gave her the finger. And I was like, I found a career that I can be impatient in and, you know, really sore. So I love that you Absolutely. brought that up. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 me entirely. I am impatient and I don't like to be bored. I discovered that early on in my career and like I will do it. I will do a rote thing for eternity if that's the thing that needs to do to get shit done. But like I'd rather not. I'd rather learn a new thing, find something else to do. So, yeah, my career has been, hey, here's a problem. Oh, I don't know how to help you, but I would like to try. And then I jump into that and then like my whole career takes a pivot. And so I love encouraging other people to find um adventurous ways to do the same thing Ooh, that's we just talked about like brianna said we just gave advice to new grads and we just had a great um tip that was like make yourself useful if you own the skill offer it if you don't learn it so i feel like that will resonate with you yes totally yeah so tell us your story you said you've done this a lot in your career so tell us kind of give us some backstory for us and the listeners sure um i uh I went to college for physics, which is a degree I do not use and have not used since I got it. But um, I use the skills that come along with it, like uh, problem solving and looking at things kind of systemically and then doing an analysis. 
And I, I got burned out by the end of my career there and, you know, career, my career at school. Uh, and I took a break and I was like, what am I going to do? Uh, and a friend of mine was like, oh, um, we need technical writers for my software company. Uh, I've seen you write papers. You want to try? And I was like, I don't think that's the same thing. But sure, I need a job. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. <laughs> I applied for the job and I was like, hey. I don't know how to do this thing you're trying to hire me for, but I bet I could learn real fast. Did you say it just like that? More or less. Okay, okay. I, I like that. No, I just want to say. I probably said it with uh, more professional confidence, um, but uh, I was like, I don't know. Um, it seems like a thing I could learn. Let's try it out. And I couldn't believe it when they hired me. <laughs> and so I went into it um, and I just kind of went at it. And then from there, it's been this series of finding a problem, raising my hand, or just jumping into it without asking permission, uh, and then learning new stuff. So, like, uh, I was on the technical writing team for a while, and I learned how to do that. And then there were a lot of gaps and like, oh, this is inefficient, or man, no one knows how to do X, Y, Z thing. I'll write it down, or, or whatever the thing is. Um, and then my manager decided to leave for another opportunity a couple of years into it, and I walked into basically the C-level person's uh, desk and I was like hey this team needs a leader because ours just quit how about me uh and he said sure sounds great <laughs> let's let me know <laughs> which again not expecting it um and so I did that for a while and then from there it was um either me asking for leadership opportunities like that when they came along or creating them or jumping into a weird problem so like we decided to consolidate offices and um, I was over at one of the offices during this transition and I was like, oh, man, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. I'm really concerned that this isn't going to be successful, but it's absolutely not in my job description to make this successful. But apparently it's in no one's job description. So I wrote like a, an essay for myself of all the stuff that like I saw and that I would fix. And I walked into an executive's office and I was like, hey, I'm seeing a bunch of problems. Want me to help out? And sure, why not, Julia? Let's do it. And it, that kind of thing has just been like on repeat my whole my whole career. So I took on teams that way. I ended up globally managing like a bunch of teams of people whose jobs I did not have experience doing. I taught you about wow. how, how you do that more or less successfully as well. But it's been a lot of like, I like to solve problems. I like to help people out. And if I can figure out a way to do it, I'm going to do it. I love that. It I, makes me wonder how I, many people have gotten their career or like the trajectory of their career has taken a completely different turn by doing it exactly what you said because my I have a similar story not in just raising my hand to do something that we didn't have anything anybody to do there was a gap and then it just completely changed the trajectory of my career absolutely that that's um I'm sure a ton of people have similar stories I think mine is um unique and winding because I spent 15 years at the same company but mm -hmm. had countless different jobs in that time uh, managing different teams and just doing different stuff and by the end I was this chief of staff that I am now which basically means I get paid to just jump into weird stuff and try to fix it which is <laughs> that's cool what I love doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's perfect you made your own job yeah yes for for the listeners I want to take just a quick moment because I was like ferociously writing over here and I was like oh my god so basically ask for forgiveness not permission Right. I, I it. do tend to do that. Uh, and unless I think I'll get the permission ahead of time. Yeah. You know, we'll I mean? just like, go for it. I like to build support. But like if you can fix a problem that someone wants fixed, like if you can do it without pissing anybody off, like do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Then I was also thinking I would much rather hire someone that has scrappy confidence than someone that was like, and this is why I'm great for this job, you know, I, because I've done it before. So that I think yeah. that creative genius and that hungriness. Oh, I'm loving that. scrappiness. I love the word scrappy. And that's how I used to like defy the people I was trying to hire for my teams because I was mm. like, experience is great but like if you've got like the scrappiness or grit to like duct tape the thing together and get me whatever the thing is that i need like do that yeah i love it i love it and then taylor i know you heard her say like she was like hey what about me she, you were an advocate es essentially you don't get what you don't ask for like yeah. period a hundred percent and i i try to i've mentored a lot of women and i i try to be really hard on that with women because I, there are studies on it men are more likely to just like ask for the thing that they want and and women are more like oh i've got eighteen thousand qualifications why did you not come to me and so i've like purposefully tried to not do that to myself and just kind of get out there oh i love that you brought that up so we did an yeah. episode about just women um, entrepreneurs and how unfortunately the numbers are going down and it's so upsetting um, but you're right. We have to you have to teach women to step up because we have it. We have it inside us. You just got to be like, hey, I'm here and I can do X, Y, Z. Like, let's just get it done. Put our heads yeah, up. right. Well, and I think also, unfortunately, we've talked about this, as you mentioned, Brianna, that that doesn't always work out for women the same way it does for men saying like, you know, hey, I can do this. Pick me like I, I got this. I may not know how to do it, but I'll figure this shit out, you know. That doesn't always work for us, unfortunately. And that's, again, a whole nother beast that we could tackle. But it's a whole I love I love that it worked out for you and they, that they were receptive of that and that that's kind of been your path and your journey. And you've just continuously done that. and It's worked in your favor. Absolutely. But I think that's a really important proviso is that, unfortunately, it doesn't always work for women. There's a, a yep. definite gap in perception. And, and I have been, um, I've got, some particular type of personality that comes off pretty amicable most of the time. Uh, and I think that's why I get away with some of the stuff that I get away with. Um, but I have been perceived as like combative before uh, if I've tried to like strongly assert an opinion. And that's not a word that you would see used with a man doing the same thing as mm -hmm. me. And so I think um, this kind of social awareness and emotional intelligence are, are very important, especially in the whole like ask for forgiveness, not for permission mm -hmm. kind of thing. You have to be aware that your environment will allow for that. Yeah. Read the room. Yeah. Yeah. Read the room. Read the room. Wait, which is a skill, which is a skill for sure. Yeah. That's hard. Um, and then one last thing, because I want to touch on it, just because it was such, such a great thing, is that you notice something. So that's what we also were talking about in the last podcast is if you notice something, say it. So you were just solving problems and like that was massive. And it, I love also how you said, it wasn't on anybody's job description. So that's how you're finding opportunities because you, yeah. you just built your own, you know? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I was just listening to one of your other podcasts about coaching. Um, and I like the idea of, of doing that for other people too. So I, I think it's kind of, um, my career has been finding those opportunities for me, but I think it's once you have, once you're in the spot, right? So once I was like, managing a bunch of people it's then my job to help other people figure out how to do that right that was trying to match them with those opportunities mm. um so like i would always talk to my folks about like hey what are you interested in oh cool like this team over here needs that skill like do you want to go learn it with them and try to create something that like helps my people and helps the business so that everyone can grow otherwise you, you cap yourself let alone everyone else if you're not trying to bring people up with you 
completely agree with that. So how do you focus still on yourself and then also on your team? Because you're grabbing opportunities for them that they might not see, which again, that's an amazing skill and it's such an amazing leader and mentor. But how are you also still capitalizing on it for yourself? Or is that one of those moments you just take a step back because you, you're, you've been there, done that? As as a leader, and right now I don't directly manage people for the first time in like a decade. I'm not directly managing people, but as a direct manager of people, my success is my team's success, right? Like that's the bar that I hold myself against. And um, I can be doing stellar work on my own in a corner, but if my team, you know, is unhappy or sucks or is not, or is being perceived to not do their job, like I am not doing my job. Uh, and so that's kind of how I view it that way. Um you know, in my current role, I am uh, 100% lead by influence and leading not at all by authority, which is it's a pretty radical shift. Uh, but I'm tr still trying to make connections with, within my company and finding opportunities for those people, right? So, like, if someone says, oh, like, I like my job, but I'm really interested in this skill set, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. And if I have a problem that needs that skill set, I'll be like, boop, come over here and help me grow in, grow in this way. And so I think it's important to do that even if you don't directly manage people, but you're still in some kind of position of like influence or authority. I think you offer a lot because of your career and because of the way that you've approached your career and get in different positions and how you've gotten those positions. I think you talking about how you coach people, I, I see such big opportunity for you to do that because that's such a unique experience that you've had to like, you've done it in the right way. You've learned how to read the room. You've learned how to approach like there's a gap. Hey, pick me, pick me. I'm, I can do this job. But a lot of people don't realize that like they think that they may need to leave an organization. Right. But it's like the grass isn't always greener. It's green where you water it. You could be in a very fulfilling career. You could have same opportunities. You could see those within your own organization. And a lot of people don't know to do that or don't know how to approach that or see, try to figure out where the gaps are. So I think any insight you could offer to people there of like, how to go about this when they think that they're at a certain point or I won't get these jobs or I won't be considered within their own company. How would you suggest they go about like first steps to to finding those opportunities? That's an excellent question uh, because I was at that last company for a lifetime, like 15 months to be a long time. And the only reason I stayed besides the people was because my job kept changing and I got, kept getting to do new things. I think... Um, being aware of what's happening outside of your direct job is is huge, right? So like, you know, people spend, companies spend tons of money trying to get people aligned to their goals and understand what the company's doing or whatever. And that's honestly the best thing you can do for yourself in a company is try to figure out what everyone else is doing and why you, you should care about it. Because that's where the opportunities come from. If you're solely tunnel vision on like, you know, when I first got to that company a million and a half years ago, my job is to write about this thing. And as long as I write about this thing correctly and like get it out on time, everything is cool. That serves you until you know how to write about the thing. And then yeah. after that, what what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Learning, okay, I'm writing about this thing because it's important to this product. And this product is important to this customer. And because it's important to that customer, it's good for the company in these ways for our vision, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. Once you get that holistic picture, and form relationships with the people doing all of the other stuff. Um, you get to one, have empathy for what they're doing and how you can work better with them. And two, you get to see what problems they're facing and how you can help. Um, and so I think it, it starts with that like bigger vision and then the empathy. And then from there, there's, uh, I don't know, infinite opportunities to do something different than you're currently doing uh, while still, you know, doing your job. 
Have you been itching to start your own recruiting agency? Are you a badass biller and tired of giving the agency owner your money? You want to keep it? I would too. And I did, which is why I've started my Millionaire Recruiter program in order to help people like you that have the drive, the know-how, but perhaps need a push. You need to be uncomfortable. You need to have a more efficient tools and techniques with BizDev, with your value prop, with the why your company. You need to have fee agreements and decks and websites and ah, just clout. You need that help? I'm here for you. And the program is absolutely amazing. If you want to learn more, want to see if this is finally your ticket to success, click down here below and let's chat. So would you recommend that? No, no, I, I, that I was hurt awesome. sense to yeah. me. And I think that's, I think people need to hear that. They need to like, how do I go about this? How do I, so if I see opportunities outside of my current scope of my role, what do I do? How do I raise my hand for those? Do I go to the person that directly oversees those tasks? What advice would you give them there? I mean, it sounds silly, but like make friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's part of it. Like, like I made it my job to make friends with every, everyone that was doing anything. So one, so I could better understand and do my job better. But um, then you can go like, oh, hey, Lila, like I see that there's a gap in this process. And like, wouldn't it be interesting if we did X, Y, Z thing differently? Can I help you with that? And then Lila will be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Like, come and help me. I think that's at the base level, you know, I'm. I believe hierarchy is important for certain organizational development reasons to work, um, but you don't always have to go to the top first. You can just like yeah. float an idea by someone, you know, have a sounding board. And then for the bigger things, like when I asked to be dropped into this year-long fly to Chicago every other week, fix a problem thing, that was a big decision. <laughs> and so that's hyperbolic. It was like once a month. But um, that was, I had to talk to an executive about that and say, I'm seeing a large systemic problem that could impact the company. Like, let me know if I'm off base, but I'm seeing this pattern and I would like to help in this way. And that at that point, you have to talk to someone who's got the juice to like make a decision. And if they don't, you have to accept that they don't need your help, which is fine. Yeah. You know, there's always something else to do. And don't stop. So, I think I that's it. Sorry. I'm yeah. just going to say for our listeners, okay. no, no, I think if you get shot down one time, don't don't stop approaching situations that same 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 way excuse me absolutely and taylor i think that's vital and you may not even have to stop on that same thing like a month goes by and the same problem is still happening like that pain point's still there maybe you bring it up again in a different way because you know i do it not not just to further my career but like i want the company to do well like right you know investing 8,000 hours a month or whatever in this company. I don't want it to suck. So like, you know, yeah. I want it I want it to be better. <laughs> right. Make suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have to know because you're like, you know, I hate using the P word perfect, but you're like the perfect employee. You know what I mean? Like, but, <laughs> but because, but, but let me tell you why, because you care, first of all, and you also like you care about others, but you care about the actual business, you know. And so like I, we were just having this tangent about like Microsoft, for example, that um, is just said, hey, we're not going to give raises for the next next year. We got to do X, Y, Z first. And people are like upset about it. But at the end of yeah. the day, it's like the business has to move and it's, it's a business. Right. And so paying attention to that is so vital. Um, how did you learn all of these skills? And even like empathy is a skill to be, to be learned, right? So yeah. 
How did you do that? Um, well, there's a bunch of things to break down there. Um, I think one, you know, a business is a business. I just want to say, I think that's important enough to repeat, right? And you can get burned out on that feeling. But at the end of the day, we live in a capitalistic society and we, we work places so that they give us money and they hire us so that they can make money. And like, it's a bummer if you break it down like that, but it's real. And it's, it's really what it is. And, you know, that that's what it is. Uh, in terms of um, building those skills, um, I think, you know, on the empathy side, I have always had empathy kind of central to me. Um, I actually have a tattoo that says empathy on my hand here. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the ways in which I built it for work was interesting. I did volunteer work on a crisis hotline for about six or seven years. And um, that was a lot of like learning how to be an active listener and learning how to internalize what people are saying and validate when you need to validate and like ask questions when you need to ask questions. And it's a different application in the business sense because you're doing it for, for different ends. But the skill set that I learned... Um, you know, via the trainings from that volunteer center and then eventually, you know, conducting the trainings as I had been there for a while, uh, incredibly valuable. So if anyone can seek out active listening skills, um, you can you can fake empathy if you, if you don't have it um, until you have it. Uh, and then I did a, a user experience training and um, empathy is actually a huge part of that as well because you're trying to understand from the perspective of the person you're solving problems for, and you can apply that mindset to, to whatever. Um, I use that. I haven't done any user experience directly other than managed people, but I use that skill set constantly because it's always like, what problem are we solving? Why are we solving it? Who needs to be happy at the end of the day? Super important. These are great tips. I like, know, this right? Is really, really <laughs> good stuff for our listeners. We get, we get asked oh, a lot of questions like this. And yeah. so I think you've you've offered some really great insight to questions that people have asked historically, like and and that's why I'm asking you to further break it down. People really are like, but how? How do I do it? And if they get shot down once, do I keep going? You know, persistence. So I think you've given a lot of really good tips and even ones for like the active listing. Wow, and like what you can do and things you can go to work on that skill. Um, I think empathy for me is one of those things. Like you either have it or you don't. I kind of feel like that's like you're either born with empathy, or you're I agree, or you're not. But I think the way that you said working on being an active listener can help with, you know, whether it's faking empathy, but still the active listening. Like that's, I was like, boom, kind of gave me chills. I was like, that's great advice. Great advice. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. I love nerding out about this stuff. So I appreciate getting it too. Yeah. Well, to continue on with the great advice, go ahead and hit them with your broke to boss tip. All right. Um, it's the theme of what we've been talking about today, which is don't wait for the opportunities to come. Find them and create them if you're able uh, and create them for others when you get a chance. You got to pay it forward. Love it. Absolutely love, love it. Always have to pay it forward. So now I can't help but ask a question. I know it's supposed to be over, right? Okay. But um, the transferable skills, soft skills being the new hard skills, like real quick thoughts on that. Uh, so, so real. Um, I, uh, I spent so long in my last company that I was uh, kind of terrified that I'd never be able to find another job because I thought my entire value was in the fact that I had 15 years of like fintech experience and I wanted to try something new. Uh, and instead I wrote myself like a little journal when I was in between, uh, jobs. Well, actually when I was looking for jobs, I was like, here's all the things I did. And I like tried to figure out what was useful to someone else. Uh, and doing that gave me the confidence to be like, oh, 
I have a bunch of transferable skills. FinTech isn't my thing. Like breaking down problems and talking to people is my thing. And apparently that's not everyone's thing. So no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, it's soft skills are, um, you know, they're not soft. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And they're more valuable <laughs> than one would think. I can train anyone to be a writer, but I can't train anyone to ask the right questions to write about the right things. You know, I think that's like a mm -hmm. concrete example. <laughs> Love that. And that's the second to broke to bot shit. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God, this is so fun. What? Um, so uh, we'll definitely put, you know, a, a link to your profile here. I have to ask too, do you do coaching? Uh, not in any official capacity, but I love talking okay. to people about their careers. Well, I was going to say, I'm like, God, can I pitch your coaching? Because this is really obvious. It's something that, you know, yeah. a genius of yours. This is this was massive. Thank you so much. Maybe I'll think about it on the side. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll you would be great at that. <laughs> All sides. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and trust me, we shoot it real. Like I would not even bring that up if I didn't think that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my heart, my heart, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> that is all right. Well, thank you all so much. Of course, you can watch this um, on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube as well. Um, thank you, Julia. This was amazing. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Right. Thanks. Bye.